This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Spreading like fist. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome to Marking Out, pro wrestling talk by pro wrestling fans. This is episode 638. I am one of your hosts, Dave the Rave. I am here with Brandon, and later on Chris is going to be joining as well. Make sure that you check out MarkingOut.com. Give us a listen over on Spotify and wherever else you may be listening. Give us a like over on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram at MarkinOut11. Follow us also on Twitter at MarkinOut. Follow us on TikTok at MarkinOut as well. Make sure that you subscribe to us on YouTube and all of that fun stuff, especially on Twitch. Follow Brandon at BTDG161. Myself at DavidPTDPT. And Chris over on Instagram at CMSweeney85 and on Twitter at ChrisSweenDog. But that being said, this is episode 638, and let's get the show on the road. Brandon, how are you? I'm doing awesome as always. Uh, before I ask how about yourself, why did you push Twitch? We have not streamed there <laughs> You know what? At this point, years. You're right. I, I, I probably Twitch. I should have probably not have pushed Twitch in that intro, and instead, I probably should have mentioned go buy a t-shirt at prowrestlingtees.com slash out instead. Yeah, and of course, markingout.com. Yeah, should have done that. But how how are you doing? How was your week? I'm doing good. I'm doing really good. I'm very excited because we are almost at Friday. We are almost at the weekend, and it's just been a, a long week, you know? The students of NPTE Final Frontier sat for their exams this week to get that licensure for PT, and it was just a, a lot, a lot, a lot of action from phone calls to assistance to support. And now this weekend, they sit, so now it's just the waiting game. So it's a lot of tension, a lot of uh, emotions all over the place. But, yeah, everything is going very, very well. How about you? What's new with you? Not much. Same old, same old. Did you, uh... Did I cook this week? Yes, I did. What did you cook? What did you actually say, though? What did you actually say? Everybody wants to know, what is Brandon cooking? Yeah, but what did you actually ask? I don't remember. <laughs> You'll have to re-listen. <laughs> I, I decided to make homemade sloppy joes this week. Ooh, I could go for a sloppy joe. And I've only ever made it with Mamwich. So yeah, I wanted what to else try, would you make it with? Well, I wanted to try from scratch, like homemade, non-canned version. Oh, okay. It was pretty good. I think I put too much mustard in, though. But it was, like, mustard. not a big deal. Yeah, that's what... Almost every single recipe I saw for a homemade sloppy joe had mustard in it. Really? Yeah. I thought it was just like ketchup. Well, it was ketchup, mustard, brown sugar, yeah, uh, Worcestershire sauce. Um, I That's think. one sauce and I can never also, say. I can never pronounce that. It's pretty easy. Worcestershire. Worcestershire? Worcestershire. Worcestershire? Worcestershire. Why are you saying R? Worcestershire. 
Worcestershire. Yeah, there we go. All right, there we go. That's how it's done. <laughs> and I also made chicken cacciatore. Oh, that sounds fancy. Ate it over spaghetti. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, I don't think it's Damn. fancy. It was pretty good. It was. We're gonna call you five star meal, Brandon. It's a kind of basic dish. I think it's almost as basic as ratatouille. I think. All right. All I right. had like very similar vibes eating them because the chicken cacciatore. No offense to anybody who's like in love like it's their favorite dish but it's just peppers onions and tomatoes really Mm -hmm. it was good though i wish i had fresh herbs to use in the dish but i wish that you saved me some i mean i still have left over all right i'm gonna once we get done recording i'm coming on over i don't actually believe that but no don't definitely don't hold me to that more than welcome to why thank you thank you yeah so you had a good week though yeah Nice, nice. I I should let you know that, unfortunately, uh, at the end of this month, in the beginning of June, I won't be able to record. I won't be here. Oh, you're actually, you booked here. the trip? Yeah, I booked the trip. I am going to, uh, to Dubai. Dubai what? I don't know what I'm going to buy, but I'm going to Dubai. <laughs> I'm going to the World Physiotherapy Congress. Taking place in Dubai. Is that just for? Is that a week or what's the? How many days is that? It's gonna be four nights. Better get a I lot of to... TikTok content. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to go for. I tried to see if I could book. I could get there another extra one or two nights, but one of my friends, uh, she's not able to. She wasn't able to get off, so we're gonna be leaving on the thirty first, and gonna be there till. That following Monday. What is the you're you're taking a, a special plane? I assume. Yeah, we're taking uh Emirates. I expect TikTok footage for the airplane, the airport, <laughs> <laughs> the hotel. I, I should let you know that I'm not taking first class though. Well, I those still first like class to see it at least those first class tickets are expensive, but they look. Gorgeous. I was watching some videos, and the first class of Emirates is insane. But, like, yeah, so ended up booking tickets for Dubai. So going to be going to Dubai. I'll uh, make sure I get some video content from the Burj Khalifa. Going to try to get on top of the – get a tour of Burj Khalifa. And, yeah, it's definitely going to be very interesting. I have not uh, done a trip like this, so – it's going to be a lot of fun, very interesting, and I'll be sure to get a bunch of uh, content for uh, for the fans and the listeners. I don't believe that, but... <laughs> <laughs> Last time Brandon asked me to do that, I got my, my content got rejected. Let's just say they got rejected. It just wasn't content. <laughs> it was more so me filming animals and doing wrestling. Your, your content when animals. you went to, was it Milwaukee? <laughs> Yeah. That was fine. That's true. I should do more like that. I'll do more like that. I, I, I just have to be careful, and I don't want to push my luck in Dubai. I'll have to research <laughs> Dubai and see what wrestling sort of things I could come up with. No, that would be interesting. I wonder what I wonder what wrestling-related backgrounds could be found in Dubai. That would be really interesting. But I've always been fascinated with uh, Dubai, with how if you watch like the um, – 
a time lapse of the 1990s to now and you watch like the main strip and everything the growth of that entire region is just insane and wild um i definitely want to go to the museum of the future that's a a big thing over there and yeah looking forward to it so i'll let you know once i find out more details as my uh where i am going to be going what's on the agenda yeah uh, before we move over to Monday Night Raw, we wanted to mention the unfortunate passing of Jerry Springer this week at the age of 79. He was in radio before moving to broadcast TV. He was also a, uh, a mayor of Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah. But he eventually got the Jerry Springer show, which started out as a political talk show, got revamped into what the show was that we all grew up watching. We all grew up chanting Jerry. Uh, And I think it was a pretty significant show in my childhood, even though I probably shouldn't have been watching it. Yeah, Um, I agree with you. I mean, it was very, very prominent, especially during that attitude era. You know, that was definitely very prominent and very unfortunate. He always just seemed like a very genuine guy, Uh, especially his monologue at the end conclusion of every episode um just really unfortunate uh, he had it ended up being brought put out there that he had pancreatic cancer um and apparently really nobody knew about it except for him his immediate family and a select few others yeah but kept it very very quiet um and he would he always a, he would always end the the segments with till next time take care of yourself and each other yeah just a good guy and um, he did and he did do some acting which was predominantly as himself i know he played himself in roseanne he was in austin powers as himself with uh dr evil and scott he had some involvement with wrestling yeah in 2010 he was the guest host for monday night raw and was part of a pretty pretty bad segment where they faked <laughs> they faked a bunch of stuff that was like jerry springer-esque like kelly kelly was pregnant a bunch of other stuff that just wouldn't even fly today, but mm-hmm. uh, it ended with May Young making out with Jerry Springer. <laughs> I think that was the highlight of that. He was also mm-hmm. part of another segment with the Bella Twins in 2014 where he was trying to, I guess, mediate between them when they were feuding together. The segment also included their parents. Her brother was live in the ring at one point. Stephen McMahon as well. Which was again another <laughs> another rough segment that he was involved with in pro wrestling. Yeah. When he ended up getting tackled in that and carted off, and he did the thumbs up thing, so I think that was like the highlight of that segment. But it mm-hmm. just didn't really help the Bella Twins feud there. No, but he also hosted a show for WWE Network called WWE WWE Too Hot for TV, which was based on. What what he did, it was too hot for TV. Obviously, it wasn't, like, X-rated or anything. But mm-hmm. so, but I think we yeah, should all remember it, him for the Jerry Springer show and all the entertainment that it that brought to us. All the wrestlers that have been on the Jerry Springer show. I know Iron Sheik. Yeah, I mean, that was, Roberts, always a, I believe. that was always a mark-out moment whenever somebody like that would appear. I feel like had they not taped in Connecticut and like they taped in Manhattan or something, I feel like as an adult, I would have a hundred percent gone to a taping. I 
can't say that. But I also I def- wonder if I know for not- a fact I would have if it was in Manhattan. My neighbor know, actually but- went to a taping. I remember seeing her on the in the crowd. Really? It was I, funny. I feel like I feel like that if it was in Manhattan, maybe we wouldn't have as many wrestlers because of it being in Connecticut. Um, that's an interesting thought. But <laughs> you can't say that about your own thought, right? But it's 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 very. But I don't think so because Manhattan is such a hub. It's like not that far to get to from Connecticut. Yeah. And and yeah. I don't think the wrestler is being on it. Like Iron Sheik, what does he have to do with Connecticut at the point that he was on it? Well, that's true. So. That's true. And most likely I probably would have went too. <laughs> yeah. But see. yeah, it's very, very unfortunate. And he was uh, on the, the mass singer too. That was like the last big thing I think that he did. Mm. But our condolences go out to Jerry Springer's family, his friends, and uh all his fans around the world. Yeah. Now let's move on to some Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro. Which kicked off with Cody Rhodes, who ended up stripping off his shirt to show off the scar that he had from the torn peck. Since it was the first time that he was at the same venue since the Hell in a Cell match that he still has not watched back. And I wonder how how quickly it took for that shirt to go into eBay. I don't know if people sold that. That's one heck of a memorabilia. They didn't get it at the airport. Yeah, right. But he basically begged Brock Lesnar to give him another scar. And he thanked the crowd for carrying him through that Hell in a Cell match. And then Finn Balor interrupted and spoke about Cody Rhodes being screwed at WrestleMania because nobody has his back. And then... I guess basically told Cody how he trusted the wrong man in Brock Lesnar and said that now you need backup. And he basically pitched for Cody to join the Judgment Day, which Cody respectfully turned down. And Balor said, you're either with us or you're against us. And it sets up a match between the two of them later on. Which is pretty much a a fantasy booking dream match of Cody Rhodes versus Finn Balor, you know? Former Bullet Club members collide. That's true. Next up, you had the Bloodline pick up a victory over the LWO. And I got to say, I understand the booking. It was a good match. I understand the booking of the Bloodline coming out as the winners. But the LWO, since becoming LWO, they haven't even picked up a victory yet. That's a big problem. Yeah. It's like there were some hot moments for the LWO here, but you knew... They weren't winning. Yeah, especially not against with, the bloodline. Especially with the upcoming match on on SmackDown. Also, they knew that they couldn't. Yeah. Also, um, I popped that the LWO now is the theme song, so at least there's that. Yeah, Viva La Raza. And then we saw the Usos vow to get their titles back on SmackDown, which I'll speak more about in a bit. And yep. they dedicate the match to Roman Reigns, and then Sami Zayn questioned. Jay later on asking, why are you doing it for Roman Reigns and not yourselves? And he said, what happens when you lose this match with Roman's name being attached to it? And Sammy basically just feels sorry for Jay at that point. And then we saw Jay Uso taking that back to Jimmy and Jimmy was pissed off mm-hmm. because 
Jay, it seems like he's having doubts due to yeah. Sammy. And then Jimmy confronted Sammy Zayn about it later on, and and he's trying to plant seeds of doubt about Kevin Owens. And then we cut to later on in the night. It's kind of funny. You got Kevin Owens super annoyed with Ke- with Sami Zayn because he had to spend all night with Riddle <laughs> and listening to Riddle, <laughs> and uh, and Sammy was nowhere to be found. And he told Kevin Owens where he was, and he was like. You need to stop caring about the Usos. You did everything you you could. If they don't want to listen, that's fine. You got to start caring about yourself, basically. Yeah, and then we get our memories uh, brought back to us with Riddle talking about bringing up RK Bro to uh, Sami Zayn, and it really makes you wonder what's taking place. I mean, are we going to see? I mean, they're building the tension between Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn right now, now. Now, now. Now, now. Now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can't fast forward to the future right now, but... No. I'll know on SmackDown. That's a fact. But next up, you had Trish Stratus being interviewed about all of the happenings and her being the uh, the heel Trish Stratus once again. Yeah, she was asked about Becky Lynch not being there, and... Trish said that Becky Lynch opened up to her and said basically that she can't handle the pressure of being at the top, being a mom, being at the top, etc. Good heel interview for Trish Stratus. And no. I'm definitely, and who knows, maybe this leads to a title shot and maybe she becomes champion again. You know what? It would definitely be interesting. It would definitely be interesting. But next up you had Trish. Oh, <laughs> Uh, street Profits. I can't even read properly. <laughs> Next up, you had the Street Profits pick up the victory over the Hurt Business. Um, yeah. It wasn't much of a match. No. This was apparently supposed to be Candice LeRae versus Piper Niven. According to the news sites. But that was scrapped. And uh, really, commentary only focused on this being potentially the last match for the Street Profits as a tag team. Yeah. Very uh, surprising. But After that, we had Triple H come out where they build this as an announcement that will rock WWE's foundation. I don't think it rocks the foundation, but he spoke about Roman Reigns as champion, and he introduced that when Roman is drafted to whatever brand he's taking the championships that he has and staying on that brand. And the other brand, whoever does not have Roman Reigns, is going to need a new champion. And the new champion will be crowned at Night of Champions. It's a world heavyweight champion that we don't know if it's like World Heavyweight Championship 2023, or if there's lineage there. No, it would be interesting. I mean, we know Reigns is going to be the undisputed Universal Champion, though. So, it's based on the Big Gold Championship, but it has the WWE logo slapped in in the middle of it, which it's... I was not expecting that at all to look like that. I like it. I think it looks good. It's not terrible. It's definitely not... I don't think it's bad, but I feel yeah, like a I, lot more could have been done with it. 
I don't know. I, I think it's very good. I think that it's important to have the WWE logo on the championship. He also said that um, the, the champion will defend it all over the world. And I don't know if that necessarily means like, oh, yes, we will actually send it to other companies or mm-hmm. if it's Probably just like, just hey, we're coming Japan. to we're doing the UK tour in July. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but That's what I'm thinking. Also... As opposed to as opposed to like Roman Reigns, who may not go to the tour right. in Japan. Yes, exactly. Yeah, but it would be nice if the first champion was someone who either hasn't been champion yet or hasn't been champion in years, and I feel like the only person I could think of that should win that world heavyweight championship is Seth Rollins. Oh, I thought you were going to say the same person I was thinking of. We're going to say Miz. No, I was going to say Ziggler. It and that's another it thing. With this World Heavyweight Championship being, being brought back, he should be recognized as a Grand Slam champion. Yeah. Which he but isn't, now what, so that's annoying. How pissed would you be if Cody Rhodes won this championship and not the one that Reigns is? So you think that Cody... Because Dusty Rhodes literally won that title. So you think that Cody should win the Undisputed Universal? From the start, Cody was... I want the WWE Championship. My father could not win the WWE Championship. Mm-hmm. That's the WWE Championship. So, so then which one passed so... past the draft, or let's say Cody wins that championship? Uh-huh. I could see them. Maybe they just retire the Universal Championship because that's the one with the one thousand day reign coming up. Well, the one that well uh, Triple H said that the one that. Roman Reigns is going to be like carrying is the undisputed universal. Well, that's what it's called. The two of them yeah. together is called that. That's what I don't. So are they? They're going still separate. To be... They still have separate days. That's what I don't really like about it all. So that's so where it comes into play. Where it's like right now they they technically have three world championships. Exactly. But with okay, Roman so, holding both of them, maybe you have a thing where it happens where Cody wins or something. I want uh-huh. the WWE Championship. I'm letting go of the Universal Championship. That's done. That's retired. So now which one is the WWE Championship? What do you mean? The one that the one that Triple H is introducing. No, no that's the World Heavyweight Championship. So which one's the WWE? The one that Roman Reigns holds is the WWE Championship. The one that Roman Reigns holds is the Universal Championship. Okay, the so blue the blue undis- strap is universal. The the black strap is WWE Championship, the one with all the the belt lineage. So they're not getting rid of that. Okay, so they're still having the two separate championships with Roman Reigns. I'm, as far as we know, we haven't seen Roman Reigns in like twenty something days. Nah, it's I'll be honest. It's a little bit confusing for me. I need Triple H on SmackDown to explain it or Monday Night Raw. Who knows. I need more of a breakdown as to well, I mean, what the is draft really starts, so yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very true, very true. Earlier in the night, though, we saw Bianca Belair interviewed, and she was asked about a match with Io Sky at Backlash, which was uh, announced earlier in the day. Which I don't feel. I feel like like why are they not just like waiting for Raw? Mm-hmm. But Damage Control interrupted, and it sets up a six woman tag. Where we saw Bianca Belair, Liv Morgan, and Raquel Rodriguez defeat Damage Control. I was hoping for more from this match. Not that it was a bad match, but I feel like the commercial break took away from it. 
I also thought we would see damage control pin either Liv Morgan or Raquel Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. But it was Bailey who ate the pin from uh, uh, a KOD. So yeah, it was definitely uh, eventful. Maybe we see EO Sky win the championship at Backlash. That would be interesting. I'd be up for that. After that, we saw Austin Theory. Uh, it was confirmed last week on SmackDown that he's going to be defending the title against Bronson Reed and Bobby Lashley at Backlash. Austin Theory, though, he was looking at the World Heavyweight Championship. And then Bobby Lashley came out and said that Theory is holding the title. And instead of talking about the World Heavyweight Championship, he was talking about the U.S. Championship. Which I didn't understand at all. Yeah. But Theory also then makes fun of Bobby Lashley for not having a match at WrestleMania. They almost fought. Lashley ducked it. And then they brawled. Bronson Reed showed up and all three of them fought. Setting up. Oh, there's more than a reason for this U.S. championship. Bronson Reed came out on top holding that title. My fingers are I, crossed that we got a new U.S. champion. I love that. Lash. I love the thick, thick boom. You know? The tsunami. Yeah, yeah. I think that when he hits it, it just sounds like so impactful. I don't know if it's the microphones amped up underneath the ring, but I don't know if you've recognized, but when he hits that splash... It just sounds so impactful where I don't know if I usually hear such an impact for a splash. Maybe it's his weight coming down on the ring. It could definitely be that as a real, I could be that as a factor too. You know, I think it's just incredible. I love it. We saw a backstage segment about the WWE draft and the potential breakup of the Alpha Academy. But it leads to a match later on, which was here. Mustafa Ali in his hometown getting a victory over Chad Gable. It was kind of a short match, but I thought there were some good spots in there. I was just shocked that Ali walked out in Chicago as the winner. No? Um... Uh, I don't know. It was his hometown. It was his hometown. Yeah, which is why it was shocking. That is very true. That is very true. I think it was good. I think it was good. I, I liked it. I thought that this match was awesome. And Chad Gable is just so damn good, too. And, um, but next up, you had Cody Rhodes pick up the victory over Finn Balor. I feel like um, this was like Seth Rollins and Miz from last week. What do you mean? Like, it was like a random... I I mean, although this had set up at the beginning of the show, it was just like a really good match. Yeah. Out of nowhere. No. Yeah, really. It was a But I wish it was really longer. Match. I do wish it was longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't necessarily know if, if it sells me on Cody being able to beat Brock. Because Balor didn't beat Brock. Yeah. But we'll see what happens with that. Mm-hmm. It's still delivered. I thought it was a great match. Yeah. We saw Seth Rollins come out 
And he mentioned his match with Omos, but he said that something bigger caught his eyes, and that would be the World Heavyweight Championship. We saw Omos and MVP come out, and MVP explained why Omos versus Seth Rollins is happening, and I think that's really good, because when they announced it on SmackDown, everyone was like, what the actual hell? I like how you had a question mark with that. It was just because it makes no (laughs) sense, but MVP literally laid out exactly what it was. And And it was necessary that he did that. It was so necessary that he laid that out there. I thought it was was a good explanation, good reasoning. Um, I'm going to say, I think it's going to be a good match. I think that Omos and Rollins, I think Rollins is so good that he's going to be able to mold his ways to... Almost. And with Seth Rollins looking at the World Heavyweight Championship, MVP told him to maybe not look that far into the future given that he has a match against Omos at Backlash. Nah. And I like that Seth Rollins said that Omos is a a once-in-a-generation because he was born like that Mm -hmm. versus Seth Rollins, who's once-in-a-generation because he worked to get there. Yeah. I thought that was a really like a, a really solid line there. And what's interesting with this too is Seth Rollins doesn't necessarily have to win. If we want him versus Reigns, yes. But uh I don't even know. Well, he's I don't not know if he's facing Reigns. I mean down the line. I don't know if Rollins necessarily has to defeat It's not even like a down the line sort of situation though. Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns I can't see them being on the same brand. That's very true. That's true. Uh, Main event saw Rey Mysterio pick up the victory over Damian Priest via disqualification. We saw Bad Bunny show up to the arena during this match. And as far as the match goes, I thought it was decent. I wasn't really sure how they'd get an outcome where both of them came out on top. But I think the DQ covered that. Yeah, I think that it covered it. It allowed Damian Priest to beat down Rey Mysterio, and it allowed for Bad Bunny to come out and... Make the save and set up the backlash. Yeah, and he came out with the the kendo stick and went to town. Yeah, and that kendo stick wasn't just any kendo stick. It was very, uh, very special. Well, I don't know if it was a tribute or not to, uh, to Savio Vega or not, but... It definitely it could. Savio be. Vega I, used to have a baseball bat with that same saying. He would say it. So, yeah, yeah. So very interesting. But he was laying those kendo shots in there too. Yeah. Like usually when you see somebody come in from the like that's not a pro wrestler come in from the outside and use a weapon, they're like really going gentle with the weapon. Even a kendo stick, they're tapping them or they're not like they're like stopping the swing right at the end. Bad Bunny was laying straight into Damian Priest and following through with every single swing where you felt it. And then he said that he's not hosting Backlash anymore. He's going to kick Damian Priest's ass and challenge him to a street fight. So I have to wonder if maybe Savio Vega could get involved in that match. It would definitely be interesting, but... I think that this is incredible. This is awesome. It's a nice sell for WWE 2K23. 
with Bad Bunny being a special <laughs> wrestler in there. You know, I, I think that it's it's awesome, and I'm very happy to see Bad Bunny in a match again. I really wish I was going to that show. Mm-hmm. That would be really cool to go to. I haven't been to Puerto Rico in years. No. That'd be cool. But that's Monday Night Raw moving over to NXT Spring Breakin', which opened up with an NXT barbecue. And then it goes into the D'Angelo's picking up the victory over Pretty Deadly in a trunk match. Yeah, I mean, going into this, we weren't too sure about the trunk match ideal, but I think it played out pretty well. It, well, it was essentially a street fight. Um, you had a, the, the kiddie pool filled with the, the ball pit balls. I thought that was pretty funny to have out there. <laughs> Yeah. But Stax was the first person to actually get put in the trunk, but he got out, and not long after that, they got pretty deadly in there, and I don't necessarily think that we need matches like this in NXT where the fans don't see the ending. Yeah. So, it just, I don't know. Yeah, it should be done in front of the fans. I agree with you. Um, but Also, I don't know... Later on, we saw Mackenzie Mitchell. I don't know if she was going to get a word with them or something, but Ilya Dragunov showed up and Dijak beat the absolute heck out of him. So that sets up a match over there. Yeah, and then Pretty Deadly is uh, sleeping with the fishes now. Yeah, the show ended with them just, I guess, they didn't show them getting dumped into the water, but they did get dumped at some point and... and the D'Angelo's, they still want the, the tag team championships. Yeah. We also well, saw Joe Gacy in the night approaching Joe Coffey with Ava and asked for a fair tag team championship match for the Dyad, who both went to Twitter to say that the WWE denied their release. It would be interesting. What happens if they actually, like, are, I don't know. Well, I guess they are going to be with WWE still until October, at least October. I mean, it's definitely very confusing now because they changed their handles or at least, um, one of them did, I think to not being part of the dyad. They both are, were, went, were very vocal about it on WWE on Twitter. I wouldn't say very vocal. They were just explaining cause the news was out. Yeah. But I mean, I don't think that it was necessary to do so because for a while, I mean, the news got put out there, but then with them appearing on the house show and then the NXT um, after that, Level up. yeah, that started to fade away a bit where people weren't show- sure and it was just like, oh, maybe they're still there. So I don't think that it was necessary for them to take to Twitter, but now that they took to Twitter, do you think that this is going to impact their booking at all? I don't know. I feel like it didn't. I don't. I don't think it will, but. Like, it, like, I feel like, like I don't think they're going to beat, like, I don't think they're going to end up as tag team champions, although I would love for that to happen. I mean, let's face it, even if they didn't put out that Twitter, they weren't going to end up tag team champions. But next week, if Joe beats Joe, the dyad get a, a title shot. But if Joe beats Joe, then the dyad can never challenge for a title shot again, as long as Gallus are the, the tag team champions. I mean, knowing what just took place, I wouldn't be surprised if they can never challenge again. And, I mean, it will just be interesting if they end up jobbing after this, heading up until October. I don't think they but would. I hope. There's I not hope even not. a, that's not even, they wouldn't be jobbers at all. That's not a thing. Yeah, enhancing. 
No, but not enhancement. Imagine, they're not, imagine if they're not even enhancement talent. They're not. That's not what it is. That's not. If they, I'll say a losing streak. Is that better? That's they go on a losing better, streak. Yeah. <laughs> They'll go on a losing streak. Imagine if they actually, if that was just a work. Well, I don't know if if it's a work. Perhaps I don't. I wouldn't imagine that. But it seemed like I mean, maybe FTR they, went through the same thing where they ended up true. actually winning the tag team championships. And and the Dyad could always resign. There's nothing saying that they can't resign. They only asked for the release and weren't granted it. Right. So come October, things could definitely still change. But next up, you had Braun Breaker pick up the victory over Andre Chase. Um, Ron Breaker, he's a beast. It was over pretty quickly, as I expected. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Not much happened in it. No, but Ron Breaker definitely put in a exclamation point on his uh his determination for becoming champion again. After that, we saw Cora Jade pick up the victory over Lyra Valkyria, which I kind of wish more took place in this match. Yeah, I agree with you. I feel like I wanted to see more out of this match, and the ending of the match I really didn't like. Well, in the match, I have to I have to put over Lyra Valkyria hit a really nice perfect plex, but Cora Jade went to go use her kendo stick, and the referee took it out uh, took it away, and we saw Lyra come full speed with a kick at Jade, but as far as commentary sold it, Jade. I mean, even Jade kind of, like, backed away. and Backed she's like, up, yeah. As if, like, it didn't hit her or anything. Yeah. When I was watching it, I thought 100% that it hit her, but... When I, I was watching it, I didn't... Yeah, when I was watching it, I didn't think it hit her at all. Oh, that's I, what thought bothered. It, I thought it did. Yeah, but, uh, I, I, I that's, didn't... It, clearly, they said it wasn't supposed to hit her. She moved out of the way. Yeah, that, she that's she hit that I... chop block and, and DDT and picked up the victory. Yeah, that's what I I thought that it was just a I don't know. It's a very close spot to go with. You know? well, that's her very first singles loss since July 2021, and that wow. was to to Ginny on NXT UK, Who, who's uh retired now. Right. But next up, you had Carmelo Hayes pick up the victory over Grayson Waller to retain. Grayson Waller almost finished the job. But this was, was a able great to. match. Nah. Uh, I mean, this only solidifies my opinion that Grayson Waller's going to get the call. I like that at one point they were both knocked down and Waller, like, put his arms up or whatever and one arm just happened to be on Carmelo's chest for a pin. I thought that was really nice. That the springboard reverse DDT that Carmelo Hayes hit was super dope. Yeah. And then Grayson Waller hit that huge elbow through the commentary table. We saw... Carmelo Hayes afterwards challenged Braun Breaker for NXT Battleground. And Breaker came out, took Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams out, and then speared Carmelo through a wall or the stage, whatever it was. I mean, that, that spear right through there was incredible, too. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of Braun Breaker's spear because he actually, like, it looks like at times he leaves the ground with both feet to perform the spear. And it, I do it just believe that's so... how most people do a spear. Well, no, some, sometimes they both they don't actually leave the ground. They still stay on the ground. Their edge uh, sometimes doesn't leave the ground, and he just spears them and goes directly to the knees. 
but I feel like this was very impactful. It was awesome seeing them go right through that that wall. Yeah. Uh, we saw Josh Briggs and Fallon Henley defeat Brooks Jensen and Kiana James, which I thought was a decent match. I thought we had a really nice spinning wheel kick here from Brooks Jensen towards the end of the match. Mm-hmm. But Kiana James gave him her bag to use, and he went to use it only to miss, drop the bag out of the ring, and knock her inadvertently off the apron. It looked kind of weird. And then he turned into a super sick lariat by Josh Briggs. Yeah. And afterwards, Kiana James went to slap Brooks, and he blocked it. She told him that she uh, never loved him. And Josh Briggs was there to console. Yeah, Josh. I mean, all you saw was an arm go right over him and zoom out. And it's Josh Briggs. And then Brooks just puts his head right into Josh Briggs. And all is well, you know, it looks like Briggs and I mean, Brooks. Yeah, Brooks and Briggs were able to uh, put everything to the side. So we'll see what happens. After that, we saw Dragon Lee interviewed uh, about Noam Dar. So I'm sure that match is going to take place soon for the Heritage Cup. We yeah. also saw, which by the way, I had no, I, for some reason, they, they, they brought up that last week was Noam Dar's first match in NXT, which no kind of blew me away. Yeah, because it was, he was never, I guess, part of that roster. He was always on like, UK and then to the well, no, because he was on two hundred five live before that. He was on, I'm sure, Raw and SmackDown. Maybe not. Yeah, SmackDown, yeah, he was. Raw. He was on. He was there over there because he had that entire stuff as you mentioned with Alicia Fox, right? So and that um, like I was blown away that that was his first match at official wow. match, I guess. Very big. But we also saw scripts oh. have a video for Axiom, so something's going to be happening with them next week. We saw the mm-hmm. debut match of Oba Femi taking on and defeating Aura Mensa, who I don't think should be in that position because Mensa is somebody who I've been saying every time he's on needs to be built up. Obviously, Oba needs to be built up too. Nobody knows who he is right now, but Aura Mensa, somebody from NXT UK, also feel like nobody knows. I agree with you. I thought that this was a. A solid match, though, especially a, a good showing for Fema. Femi coming out Femi. looking like a beast. Yeah, I totally agree with you. He hit that Monster. big pop-up powerbomb to, to pick up the victory. I thought that was very well done. Yeah, I agree. We saw Gigi Dolan at one point make her way out and grab the commentary headset to basically cut a promo on JC Jane, who said that her brother's going to be at NXT next week. That was the end of that, mm-hmm. just to warn JC, so they'll have a match next week. We saw Drew Gulak and Charlie Dempsey interviewed, and Drew Gulak's now going to be challenging Wesley for the North American Championship, and Tyler Bate offered up some backup to Wesley later on in the night, where mm. now I'm hoping he turns on them and joins turns on Wesley and joins Drew Gulak and Charlie Dempsey. It could definitely happen. So I think that would be pretty cool. We also had an anonymous video that caught Saul Ruka being attacked, uh, which we obviously have no idea who attacked her, but 
I don't think it's anybody involved in the main event, but she's apparently actually out with a torn ACL, which is very unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. It seems Awful. like a lot of the women right now are out with torn ACLs, apparently. Yeah, I mean, it makes me wonder if maybe there's a specific drill that they're doing during uh, warm-ups or during practice and stuff like that that's really starting to damage the ACL region or put them at risk. It really is uh, unfortunate. But in the main event of the evening, Indy Hartwell picked the victory over Roxanne Perez and Tiffany Stratton to retain the championship. Um, Definitely a close call with Hartwell and her ankle. Yeah. Uh, Tiffany Stratton had gone up to the top and hit a moonsault onto the two of them. Uh, a swanton, I think, actually. And Indy Hartwell's ankle bent at like a 90-degree ang- uh, angle. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she was taken out at that point, and I think it sucked the actual crowd, the wind out of the crowd. Yeah. There were some spots where the fans got loud again, but I don't think it was what it should have been for this match, but... She eventually, no, I mean, she did make her way out and was hopping or hobbling through the rest of the match. So, yeah, apparently from what I was reading, they were ready to change the end of the match too. They were ready to scrap the Hartwell retaining, have either Stratton or Perez win the match, based on how Hartwell uh, was doing after a medical clearance. I guess now it works in her favor. Like in the match, I found it weird that they kept saying that. Roxanne Perez is the only one who's had like a big match like this. Yeah. But it doesn't make sense because Indy Hartwell's been in a Royal Rumble. She's been tag team champion. She literally just beat five other women in a ladder match mm-hmm. to get that title. Yeah. So I don't necessarily with Roxanne Perez and right involved. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought the match was uh, decent. I feel like more probably was supposed to happen. Yeah, I think that the ankle stuff kind of uh, cut everything a little bit There were still different. some bumps before the ankle thing that uh, wasn't quite right, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, that's NXT. Gonna move over to SmackDown, which opened up with Triple H uh, kicking off the WWE draft and announced that the draft rosters will go into effect on May 8th after Backlash. The first picks, we saw the Bloodline, Solo Sokoa, Roman Reigns, and Paul Heyman drafted to SmackDown. I really don't get the uh, Usos not being part of that, but they're eligible on Monday Night Raw to be drafted. We see Cody Rhodes being drafted to Monday Night Raw, so... I desperately need that money in the bank thing to happen and then have him go on Monday Night Raw and be like, listen, I'm cashing in on SmackDown. I'll see you at the Garden. And then we saw Bianca Belair, the Raw Women's Champion, going to SmackDown. And then Becky Lynch was drafted to Monday Night Raw. The first match we saw was LA Knight picking up the victory over Butch, which I thought was a good match. They had a lot of good reversals in this match. Um, I guess they're both eligible on Monday Night Raw to to be drafted. So hopefully LA Knight gets pushed big time. And I don't want to see the Brawling Brutes break up. I'm still wondering if Butch is going to be turned back into Pete Dunne. There were rumors a few months ago, weeks ago. I don't remember at this point, but... 
We'll see. After that, we saw Rob Van Dam and Michael P.S. Hayes popping the hell out of me (laughs) to announce draft picks. We saw the Street Profits get drafted to SmackDown. Bianca Belair is now on SmackDown as well, so it made sense for that. Imperium going to Monday Night Raw. I thought maybe Imperium would be in that Cody Rhodes spot. But it makes sense for Cody to be in that spot. He's like the biggest superstar. He has to be that biggest superstar outside of Roman Reigns. We see Edge get drafted to SmackDown. And Matt Riddle gets drafted to Monday Night Raw. And after that, we saw the Street Profits come out to have a match. They defeated Ricochet and Braun Strowman as well as the LWO. Uh, I liked that they made reference to Braun Strowman doing that weird toss last week to uh, Ricochet. And then they like did it again, but he actually connected. So I appreciate that. They also had some really good high-flying spots in this match. But like we said during Monday Night Raw, for now up until this match at this point, the LWO just kept, they kept losing. And I think that's still a problem. Because you don't want the the wins to, to only be coming from Zelina Vega, not to to fast forward or anything. But I feel like the LWO, all three of them, Legato, they need those wins as well. But I understand this outcome because the Street Profits were just drafted to SmackDown and they need that big outcome. Uh, afterwards, JBL and Teddy Long announced draft picks. We see Bobby Lashley to SmackDown, Drew McIntyre to Monday Night Raw, the OC, all four members to SmackDown, and The Miz is staying on Monday Night Raw. That leads into Zelina Vega picking up the victory over Sonya Deville. Obviously, with Zelina Vega getting that title shot against Rhea Ripley at Backlash, I think she needed this victory. But, like I said, the LWO, the other ones, they need they need wins. There's, like, no doubts about that. They need more victories there. But this match was somewhat quick. The outcome itself was, like, that quick pin out of nowhere, I guess, to show that anything can happen, anything is possible for Zelina Vega. And as soon as she won, she got attacked by Rhea Ripley, who also attacked Sonya Deville. And Chelsea Green, she backed out. She was like, I don't want anything to do with that, which I thought was funny. And Rhea Ripley went to go hit Zelina Vega with that riptide, and she reversed it and hit her with a DDT and then left. And then Rey Mysterio gave her a pep talk backstage about basically being the the smallest person in the match and being that underdog. So I like that aspect of it. I don't think Zelina Vega's walking out of backlash as champion, but I still like that, that aspect And it seems like Rhea Ripley is going to be somebody drafted to Monday Night Raw, and they're just going to do that stupid title switch again with Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley, which I just, I hate. After that, we saw the OC make their big return as a group. AJ Styles returning from injury. The Viking Raiders interrupted them almost immediately, and AJ Styles backed up and let the, the rest of the OC brawl with them, and the OC came out on top leaving the Viking Raiders to continue to unfortunately fall. After that, Shawn Michaels and Road Dogg announced the final draft picks of the night. We saw Damage Control get drafted to SmackDown. In a perfect world, they would have been drafted to Monday Night Raw, and EO Sky would win at Backlash, and she would take the title from Bianca Belair. 
But that's not happening. At least I don't think that's going to happen at this point. We saw Shinsuke Nakamura drafted to Monday Night Raw. Very, very surprisingly, Isla Dawn and Alba Fire drafted to SmackDown. The NXT Women's Tag Team Champions. And then Indy Hartwell, the NXT Women's Champion, got drafted to Monday Night Raw. And I don't get those picks at all. Especially, how do you not have Braun Breaker go on the in the first night? But maybe it's like, he's such a big name that he'll be drafted on Monday Night Raw in like the first round or the second round or something. But Katana Chance and Caden Carter demanded a title shot for, for Tuesday. That's going to happen, so maybe they'll win the titles. I think they should have been a team that was drafted. And then Shinsuke Nakamura was was interviewed about being traded to Monday Night Raw, and Karrion Cross beat the hell out of him. Earlier in the night, we saw the Usos cut a promo. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn interrupted it, and we heard from the Usos. Roman Reigns has not gotten back to them since losing at WrestleMania, and Sami pointed that out, asking... Don't you think it's a little strange? So that's something to think about. Even on top of the Usos being eligible as the Usos instead of the Bloodline, it's very interesting. Main event saw Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn pick up the victory over the Usos to retain the WWE Tag Team Championships. And I think a lot of people figured that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn would be losing the championships because of Night of Champions being in Saudi Arabia. Um, I was just super torn with that. And at the very last second when this match began, I put all my chips behind Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn retaining the WWE Tag Team Championships. Very happy that they retained. But this was like a do-or-die match for the Usos where Paul Heyman spelled that out in their face earlier. I don't think that this match started off feeling like a do or die match or a WrestleMania rematch, but it picked up big time. In the middle of the match, you saw Paul Heyman get a phone call from Roman Reigns and he told Solo that tonight is your night. Solo then makes his way out. Matt Riddle shows up to brawl with him to the back. And the match goes on where it's like, oh, maybe the Usos are going to pick up the victory here. They had some really good false finishes. A ton of super kicks like WrestleMania. But the Usos went for that 1D and Sami Zayn pulled Jey Uso out of the ring. Kevin Owens hit Jimmy with the, the stunner. Tagged Sami Zayn in, and Sami, boom, hits that haluva kick, perfect dual finisher, and picked up that victory and and retained the tag team championship. Said, I think that's fantastic. On Monday Night Raw, I'm sure they're going to get scalded by Roman Reigns. The Usos, that is, obviously. So, that's SmackDown. We have more draft on on, uh, Monday Night So we'll talk about that next week. For now, I'll take a little break. And I'll be right back with Chris here on Marking Out. What's up? This is the Shaman of Sexy, John Morrison, and you're listening to Marking Out. Back on Marking Out, pro wrestling talk by pro wrestling fans. It is Chris and Brandon here with you for the professional wrestling portion of the show. Brandon, 
Hey. Howdy, hey. Speaking of hey, like, how weird and how, like, cringeworthy was this week's episode of Hey EW? I don't think that should have aired. <laughs> it was just... I don't know, I don't know what David... was wrong there, if there was something wrong there, but I don't think that should have aired. Yeah, I know. I was like, I watched the entire thing, but still, I was just like, oh, man. But anyway, what else? What else? Besides AEW, we'll talk about RJ City later, too. Because <laughs> disrespect that man got this week. I think Ugh. it's because of David Arquette. <laughs> you might be right for once. Um, but what the, what the heck? What's the haps? What's going on? How much? What's your haps? Uh, just busy as always. Because, you know, it's lax season, brah. And, uh, you know, working a lot. Got a lot of lacrosse broadcasts this week. Got three tomorrow, but I'm not on any of them. So I have to be on call for everybody to make sure uh, they know what they're doing. Because, uh, you know, no one can hold a candle to what I do in uh, my space of uh, my field of space through the company that I work for. So uh, we've got our, the biggest lacrosse game of the year high school-wise tomorrow. Uh, and I'm not missing it again because uh, we're celebrating my daughter's birthday. She turned seven yesterday. Is that um, not crazy? It is. It's always every day is crazy to me. You know, it's just like it was funny, too, because my sister called yes last night to like wish her a happy birthday. And I'm like, yeah, no, she's out with her friends getting ice cream for her birthday. And my sister's like, she's seven. She's out at 730 on a, on a school night getting ice cream with her friends. What is she like 13 years old? Like, you know, the, the, the older my kids get, the, the, the less hair I have on my head, and the more gray beard uh, hairs I have in my beard. And I, I start... assume there was like a, a parent there also, right? Oh, yeah. My wife was there. <laughs> and apparently they got ice cream and they all got primes because the place that they went to had prime on the menu. So I was like, they got prime. I thought you were talking about the Amazon account. I was like, what does that mean? Mm. <laughs> No, it was uh, just a prime to drink, and they brought me one home. So, but I don't—they got ice cream and prime. Yeah, the play, apparently this place they went to had primes, so all the kids got primes. So, Logan Paul, you know, getting it, getting it done, getting that money, getting that money. So, yeah. So uh, let's. Uh, well, you, you guys probably talked about Logan Paul already. Um, let's talk about AEW. Let's talk about Rampage from last week, which was like Saturday at 1030 because unfortunately due to, uh, the NBA playoffs, Rampage has got to get moved. This week it's like at 530 on Friday, yeah. which I'm like kind of tempted to like watch it and then just record like a quick, like brief thing about it, but, and get it to you. So that way all next week all we do is talk about, uh, Dynamite, but uh, maybe we'll say that for next week. But anyway, uh, Rampage from last week from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, started off with John Moxley picking up the victory over the fallen angel Christopher Sweet. Uh, nope, Christopher Daniels. Sorry. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, it's always good to see CD in the ring. I have no complaints about that. But and, I, you know, I wish I could just turn on Rampage and not automatically know the outcome of a match. Okay. Well, I mean, that's... Like, there's no reason that this match happened. There was no story behind it. Wasn't it commentary was painting it like uh, Christopher Daniels is such a good friend with the elite, but that's not on television. And they did the same thing with him with Brian Danielson with the MJF feud. So it's like if I'm there live, I think it's great that I get to see Christopher Daniels wrestle. Yeah, but still, like you get to see it live on, regardless if you're there live in front of TV. I don't. It's just when I'm watching it on TV, it just doesn't make. There's no. It just. There's no sense behind it. Right. I think the most interesting part of this was that Moxley released Christopher Daniels as soon as he won. 
Yes. Well, I mean, also, too, there was a backstage segment afterwards saying, you know, uh, uh, Moxley says, uh, you know, he, uh, you know, they had the, a backstage segment between the two of them where, you know, Daniel says he's not here for respect. He's here for championships, which is a lot of malarkey because we all know that guy is one of the, the top producers in AEW. <laughs> Um, and you know, it's and like he said, if he's here for championships, where the hell has he been? Yeah, I, you know that that adds to there's no story. And, but but afterwards though, but the story continued afterwards as the BCC, you know, come mocks, you know, cuts in on this promo, sucker punts Christopher Daniels, and says, you know, we've never changed. You know, there's no honor in him whatsoever. <laughs> so, which is funny, like he just he just shook his hand before that. It's funny, psyching him out. So yeah, uh, we did get to hear from the. Uh, Matt, Jeff, Hook, and Isaiah Cassidy contingency coming out to the ring. Jeff Hardy said he wants to end his uh, career in AEW on a high note. Uh, you know, he said he's going. He said he was going to retire from uh, giving up and from all this screwing stuff. Screwing up. It was a. From I thought it was a weird promo. I know, but still, like you know what? Jeff Hardy has had so many ups and downs. A lot of downs in his career and. You, especially being such a hardy mark, you want to see what the, the best for him. So at yeah. this at this late stage in his career, you know he's gonna try to make this last run right by all of his fans. I'm about it, Jeff Hardy. Yeah, do the finger gimmick. It's 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 fun, but you know. <laughs> I think Isaiah the... Cassidy was having like the time of his life because he's I, definitely I... a huge hardy mark. So oh yeah, but you know it's so. But it's gonna be the firm deletion at the Hardy compound. Uh, at some point, and the uh, firm tries to come. Uh, yeah, Stokely. Into- Stokely interrupted and wanted to know when. We heard yeah. about it. We heard the 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 where, but when, and then the firm attacked everyone and tried to kidnap Isaiah Cassidy, but the Hardys chased him off. Yeah. So, uh, cool, cool on that. Uh, you got some women's action. Uh, two people we don't see on Rampage or Dynamite enough in action. Julia Hart picking up the victory over Kiera Hogan. Um, cool to see both these women uh, get a shot on uh, national television. You have Julia Hart picking up the victory with uh, the Heartless. I thought the ending uh, was good. Yeah, the ending was good. And then uh, Anna Jay runs down and tries to beat up Julia Hart. So uh, the pull apart brawl. I'm about it. I'm about it. Let's put the House of Black versus the whatever members of the Jericho Appreciation Society are not doing anything. They're all doing something right now. So well, they'll circle back to the trios championship at some point. Uh, you had trios action, well, four man action, uh, quad team action, eight, eight man, man action. tag, brother. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I, I, I'm just thinking, thinking about Lax. That's it. Um, Cash Wheeler, Dax Harwood, Jay Lethal, and Jeff Jarrett pick up the victory over Ardivari. Josh Woods, Slim J, and Tony Nice. Um, what do you got to say about this one? I think this match was much better than it should have been, given the random yeah. pairing by Mark Briscoe. Yep. I liked that there was miscommunications between Triple J and FTR because it's a first-time tag team. Yeah, for sure. I liked that Satnam and Sanjay were very encouraging towards FTR in the match. I think a little over too encouraging. But we saw Jeff Jarrett accidentally clock Dax Harwood and when he went to hit Smart Mark. And to smooth things over, he owns up to the mistake. He hits Tony Nese with the, the stroke and then hands Dax that victory. Yeah. Dax gets the pin, one, two, three. And then they all bicker afterwards. Mark Briscoe breaks it up and it leads to a singles match for some reason on Dynamite. Hey, listen, just to maybe listen. These guys like to fight. 
Jeff Jarrett likes to fight. Get to see Jeff Jarrett wrestle, you know, Dax Harwood, who's uh, been, you know, as I said last year, my wrestler of the year. Um, so kind of a shame that his podcast has uh, ended. Kind of well, about that. Caused too much controversy, I guess. I, and that's what they that's what they said, too. He's like, you know, if I think for all the parties involved, it would be better for us to uh, end it. So, um, yeah. And then your main event. So uh, the AAA Mega Title Championship online is El Hijo David Kingo. Picked up the victory over Drillistico in what was just Lucha at its finest. That's like the best way to describe it was this was Lucha Libre. Lucha Libre at its finest. It was also the only match that the fans kind of got into. The other matches, they were kind of like not having it at all. You know what? These AEW shows, I've never been to one, but but you have. It's, It's... they're long nights. Yeah, especially you if know? you're getting dark elevation tape beforehand. That's just like dark oh elevation. My that God, Ring of Honor after Rampage. You know, it's a lot. So you know, go to WrestleMania is a lot too. You know, we, when we went, it was a long. It was a very very long show. The uh, Canadian Destroyer from Vikingo from the top rope <sighs> onto the apron. I thought that was a Ow. crazy spot. Yeah, that just hurt. We saw LFI get involved, but they end up get getting ejected from ringside um, that the Hurricane Rana from Drillistico while Vikingo was sitting on the top rope, I thought was a cool yeah. move as well. Yeah. But after the match, LFI came back out and they beat Vikingo down. And instead of commentary selling that and being disgusted, it was just, ladies and gentlemen, this is everything happening on Dynamite. Yeah. And I thought yeah. that took away from the ending. Uh, you know what? Like they shouldn't have. I I understand you gotta you gotta put over your contract to talent, but like you know, every and I said this last year too when they talked about that stupid PWI like top five hundred. Like I had no exposure to Vikingo. Now I'm getting this exposure, and you're kind of making him look weak. And he's as he's getting beaten everything down. You should have let him hit the six thirty, get the one two three, and Vikingo just defends the AAA title. Ladies and gentlemen, what a rampage! Cut done. Right. Yeah. That's it. So. He's, uh, well, I'm fine with the beatdown even, but it's like, oh my God, Vikingo's getting beat down. Ladies and gentlemen, on Dynamite, we have our chastity compared to the It's like, bro, just well, they gotta sell the get this stuff here. in. I know, yeah. It well, just makes just, no sense. But it's just very, it's, it's a lot more fast paced than it is to other certain products that you watched. But, uh, because they try to put so much in, you know, and I, I, I say it all the time. If you're able to make a list of elements, okay, I'm just, I'm getting, uh, work st- stuff. Um, um, yeah, so, all right, so that's Vikingo, it. Vikingo is facing Kenny Omega coming up soon, so. When? Is it a uh, triple A? Yeah, for really? the championship. Awesome. So I think, you think Kenny Omega gets the title back? No, I hope not. You think, uh, Vikingo's got heat now going to, uh, the United States, working at AEW and all these places? No, I don't think so. Yeah, okay, you know, it's a very triple A, uh, thing to do, so. Um, all right, let's start off. Let's talk about Dynamite now. It was in the Sunshine State of Florida, the FLA Live Arena. And you started off with action. A lot of great wrestling action. Orange Cassidy successfully defends the AEW International uh, Championship against Bandito, his 20th straight title defense and 20th straight victory. Um, I very much enjoyed this match, and I thought about you. I don't well, get it. I, why? <laughs> it's the same thing every time. Cassidy I don't gets think... beat up the whole match I... and then hits that move and wins. No, I don't think so. I don't think it was the same. And I thought about this with the Darby Allen match too. That it wasn't that no, same. No, Darby Allen's wasn't the same. 
it wasn't say I don't think Orange Cassidy's was the same either because they had it wasn't just Orange Cassidy got beat up. It was a very back and forth, you know, lucha spots in there, fun Orange Cassidy spots in there. I thought it was a fun match. I thought it was great. I Orange think you're Cassidy, just, you just uh, you have that Orange Cassidy love. I d- it's not an Orange Cassidy love because I watched this and I was just thinking like he didn't really get beat up because it was very back and forth and it was very evenly paced throughout the entire match even to the end where he hits you know the the Orange Cassidy punch which I liked that kind of like out of nowhere type or- orange punch into the beach break for the win um, but they're friends afterwards they get thumbs up they get, he gets an Bandito gets his own pair of sunglasses uh, they break up a uh, backstage segment later on which I thought was funny. I hope we see a lot more of Bandito. Well, I know we said think, that the last time, but it was like five months gone by. But what I'm seeing on the internet from all these really credible news reporters, news with a Z, is that he, him, like I think every other international wrestler recently, has been having visa issues. Or mm. visa issues. So I think those have all been resolved, and now hopefully we'll be seeing Bandito I know um, we will be seeing more Bandito. We'll talk about that yeah. in a moment. But yes, we will. the match after that saw Double J pick up the victory over Dax Harwood of this episode of Dynamite. That was the only outcome I didn't predict. Really? Yeah. Uh, you know what? I can I can say that too because you think because FTR for me, that match just it just didn't make sense from the start. Given what we What's saw on that? Rampage, it just it didn't make sense. And I well, had high now- hopes for this match, but it wasn't. It, like, it wasn't a terrible match, but it was, it could have been better. There were spots that were off. I, I, and you know what? When there was like, uh, I think there was like a drop down that got screwed up or something like that. And Dak slipped. The shoulder the first tackle, thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, but again, it's, they're professional wrestlers. These things happen. I'm just saying but it could have been better. I, listen, stop being so hypercritical. And then a, Sanjay Dutch shows up, cheats in front of the referee. You didn't need that part. Um, I think we right. could have just had the actual outcome of Double J winning and being like, I want a title shot. Well, on Rampage now, I mean, yeah, Rampage, it's going to be uh, Cash versus uh, Jay Lethal. So maybe Cash gets a victory here, or Jay Lethal gets a surprising victory, and then they do get that title. They, uh, double, Triple J gets another title shot. It's so Potentially. Tony Khan had a big announcement saying that the Owen Hart Cup is coming back this year. Opening ceremonies will be at Double or Nothing Las Vegas. And the tournament, for the most part, will be held in Canada with the finals being taken place in Owen Hart's hometown of Calgary. Long pause, Alberta, Canada. Also um, taking place at Forbidden Door. That was, the I think, the first time they said that on TV. It's, it's the same place. And they had a bunch of um, match footage from Owen Hart in New Japan, which I liked a lot, too. Yeah. So, very cool about that. Uh, this next part, though, uh, I wasn't really... I didn't pick up a uh, an opponent's name in this match. Well, yeah, neither did I. But Wardlow squash match over Ariel Levy. You know, the only reason I know that is because it's on the AEW website. His and then our... first match as champion should not be against enhancement talent. I think he's way beyond this phase of his career. I understand that. And I understand where you're coming from, but again, it, you have to build up. Uh, no, you gotta, you Wardlow gotta, you, no. doesn't need to be built up after that. He's the champion. This, He's I had, think, is how you continue to kill Wardlow. I don't think they do this shit. in stages every single time, and he's not going to get back to where he was when he was feuding with MJF. 
All right, but all right, we're gonna disagree on this regardless. That's one. Um, but we can disagree. Uh, we can agree that Arnie Edison just had the weirdest promo in the world. Yes. It just it was just so strange. And then Kristen Luchasaurus walked down, and that's it. And I guess that's his next opponent is gonna be Luchasaurus. But I, again, I like wonder, this, I wonder if the promo that Arn Anderson did was because of Ric Flair on Joe Rogan's podcast. Because Arn Anderson is like, sometimes you have to pull somebody's eye out. And that was something that Ric Flair spoke about on Joe Rogan's podcast in regards to Harley Race being like the baddest ass wrestler. Him and Haku. I'm not a fan of Joe Rogan, so I, I really don't care but, about but that what was, was said that on his was podcast. what was talked about. It was about how Harley Race used to rip, not like, I mean, if if a, a fan challenged him at a bar or whatever, Flair said he saw it like two or three times that Harley Race actually shoot, ripped a guy's eyeball out. Because Harley Race so, was a badass. Fast forward to this, Arn Anderson's now talking about how Wardlow needs to rip people's eyes out. <laughs> Good, let him, let him rip Luchasaurus's eyes right out next week. Um, but Is that match? Yeah, I got one clip. I, it's probably going to be a slow build to double or nothing. Yeah, a very slow a build. Month. They came out left. They did nothing. Yeah, they did nothing. I mean, the past two weeks you've seen very cool uh, videos hyping up Luchasaurus and Christian Cage, um, and now they just come out. I guess they have their sights on the TNT Championship. Next match, they... kind of got a problem with that as well. Um, but, but we have a big, big, big backstage promo. No, I want to so, save that because that why? because what was the promo? Uh, uh, between MJF and Sammy having their you oh, know, oh. trading scarves oh, and vests and under the impression it was going to be a different kissing. promo. But yes, they kissed hugging each other. Hugging and kissing. And yeah, okay, that's that it. Now let's talk weird. about the match. Let's um, talk about the match here. Also, I mean, uh, uh, Darby Allen and Jungle Boy also had promos earlier on as well. Yeah, man, I thought you were cool. Yeah, I thought you were cool too. Where yeah, we're Darby cool, pitched bro. Jungle Boy having his back, right? That was part of the promo. I don't remember. I'm pretty sure that was part of the promo. And then he didn't show up with at the match with him. I thought that was weird. But Sammy Guevara beats Darby Allen to advance in the MJF tournament or whatever. Also, by the way, MJF coming out with those pickles. I, I popped big time that he made. Apparently Taz it's a Ethan. real it's a real thing. Yeah, Dave and I spoke about the price already. Yeah, it's uh, in well, the future you know, of this, I believe, and it's in, awful. Yeah, forty bucks for a jar of pickles. Come yeah. On. But uh Taz choked on the pickle. I thought it was funny. <laughs> Um, sorry, bad laugh. But but Sammy during this match he brings out a table. Darby goes to use it, but it's Ty who distracts him, and then Sammy eventually uses that table right in front of the referee, where the ref doesn't like pretend to not see it or anything. And then we see MJF come out, and Ty Mello distracts the referee. There they do the Eddie Guerrero spot where MJF tosses Darby Allen his skateboard, and. It's like, had they not, and then that leads to Darby Allen getting DQ where the ref turns around. He's like, oh, you used this. He's laying down DQ. And I think had they not done that spot with the table, I think that would be so much better because he literally cheated in front of your eyes and you didn't do anything. And then when Darby's not even caught cheating, he, he gets DQ'd. So okay. it's like, I thought that was so goofy. But Jungle Boy came out afterwards, and Tony Khan, I guess, spoke to Tony Schiavone, 
And Tony added that if Jungle Boy and Darby Allen beat MJF and Sammy Guevara next week on Dynamite, they will be added to the match at, what is it, Double or Nothing? Yeah, so it, we're getting... It'll be a Four cor- Pillars match. Yeah, it's a Four Corner, Four Pillars match for the AEW Championship. And you could still, literally, like, you could still have Sammy Guevara lay down for MJF to get the pin. Like, that's the... I don't think that's going to actually happen, though, because we saw the promo later on in the night where Sammy went to go leave with MJF, and MJF was like, oh, Sammy, buddy, the car is full, and then (laughs) the camera guy zoomed in on the empty car. I thought that was so funny. So, and then when MJF drove off, Sammy was, like, kind of thinking it over. So, I think there's going to be, like, a a part in that match where we will see Sammy Guevara maybe lay down. But it's going to be, like, screw you, Max, and then, boom, that sets them off. Yeah, I guess he doesn't get that money now. Uh, As far as Dynamite goes, I think because of what they ended with the show last week... Uh, yes, okay, this is what I want to talk about. This is what I should have started the show off. I don't know how, like, Adam Cole is super pissed off. He should be like, hell no, I'm not waiting to say what I need to say. And, like, technically, he should have done this on Rampage. Okay, but I, I let, let me break this down. So, so, I understand where you're coming from. Like, you should, like, your opening match was Bandito and Orange Cassidy in the ring. You should have just had, like, they're about to start the match. Adam Cole just comes down, runs down to the ring, and starts talking. But anyway, let's let's break down a second. Adam Cole, mad at Chris Jericho over what happened last week. Britt Baker had a hell of a shiner. Um, and wants him to come out. Jericho gets on the jumbo. No, but says, before oh. that even, he gets interviewed by Renee. And he's like, I'm going to go call Chris Jericho out in this ring. Yeah, but, but later yeah. on. Like, how does that part even make sense? He's so pissed off that he's even... We're seeing him at the beginning of the show, and he's like, nah, I'm going to do it later on. That's how pissed. Whatever. Let's just talk about what happened in the ring. Regardless of if the timing or the thing... But, like, I agree that this should have started the show. Like, you should have had Orange Cassidy and Bandito about to hit the ring. Adam Cole comes out, and these guys... And then Orange Cassidy... You could have had Orange Cassidy just sit there in the ring, just be like, okay, I'm waiting for my match, and done, like, Orange Cassidy shtick there. But I, I don't um, think that would have worked with what the outcome of this segment was. Yes and no. Um, but anyway, Jericho... Adam Cole calls out Jericho. Jericho's on the Jumbotron. He says, because I'm he not coming out... I don't want to be anywhere near you. Jericho Appreciation Society comes out, swarms Adam Cole. Then you have Orange Cassidy and Bandito come down to help Adam Cole. They get beat down. Then out of nowhere, Kill Switch Engage starts playing, and Roderick Strong makes his AEW debut. This is a guy that, like, until, like, Wednesday, I thought was still contracted with the WWE. He was, like, working yeah. out an injury or something like that. Like, Brandon, do you know, but you follow the sheets and Twitter more than, like, what are you Nah, hearing? everybody on, when that, when that... Titan Tron showed up on the screen. Everyone's like, why is Sean Ross Sapp coming out? (laughs) (laughs) That that, that logo is a bit goofy, but no, as far as everybody was told, like it was always like, we're we're no comment on Roderick Strong. He wasn't in 2K23. So that was still on the WWE website as an active wrestler. Yeah, he's he's probably still on WWE.com right now. I wanted closure to the Diamond Mine storyline, but that's clearly not happening. 
Not happening at all. But in this segment, we saw Roderick Strong make his debut, literally take everyone out. Something that Adam Cole couldn't do by himself. Something that Orange Cassidy and Bandito joined and couldn't do. So I think those three, you try to build Adam Cole as a main eventer, they he they all three of them look weak to me now. Because Roderick Who? Strong did Who what, looks weak? what Adam Cole, Orange Cassidy, and Bandito. I know, but it's a debut. This guy's got I, a little I bit just, more fire underneath him. I understand him. that it was like a at the hot same thing happened. Everyone was surprised, but that just to me, I just didn't get it. That makes and them also look you're weak. you're like super more. If this happened in WWE, no, uh, no, it, yes. no, no. If anyone is supposed to be being built up as a main eventer and they can't, Roger Strong done, is but not there. Somebody anymore. else, especially someone who's debuting, I don't, I don't think that's. That doesn't make them look good. But this sets up a four uh, eight man tag match. You almost screwed up like I did before. <laughs> four way, four man. I don't understand. They they took. I don't understand the inclusion of of Orange Cassidy and and R and what is it Bandito here? Because they came out to get the save. And yeah, like, but I, but I understand that they went out and made the save. Keith Lee was in this storyline. He's written into the storyline, and now he's just out. No, he's not. He's doing stuff with Dustin Rhodes. Yes, now. exactly. Which makes no sense. He's written out of the storyline. Him. It should have been him and Dustin Rhodes to make the save. I know, but whatever. It's it's a way to get Orange Cassidy on TV. I I I think you really just really sit down and get super critical about it was, everything. It here. just makes no sense. And then to even I don't add care. to that, to, you put to... your top. You put it in your your top star who's had. 20 consecutive wins now. He's one of the hottest wrestlers in AEW to ha- to to help one of your top baby faces and a guy that's coming super hot into the company and another guy like Bandito who's going to put on a show for you with it all this lucha stuff. Make sense. Who cares if it doesn't make sense? The Again, people watching you're so on TV critical. would care. I cared. I thought it was awesome. Like, they said next week it's going to be this eight-man tag tag match with Roderick Strong, Orange Cassidy, Adam Cole versus Jericho. Awesome. I'm about it. But, you're going to see Roger Strong do some awesome stuff. Orange Cassidy, you're going to get the Orange Cassidy shtick. Bandito will do a bunch of great flips. It's going to be a fight. It's going to be entertaining to me to watch. Oh, my God. And I don't think they should have brought Roderick Strong in if Kyle O'Reilly's not ready. So, hopefully, he's ready soon. I think he needed some sort of backup. Uh, also, uh, later on, we saw Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter respond to the outcasts. Barely respond to the outcasts. Jamie Hader has in her arms in a sling. They so. want to do something with the morgue, so I don't know if they're gonna like have some sort of tag match or something that's gonna women's have a blood and guts. I, I don't know. No. Um, uh, we don't. Have, do we have to talk about QT. Terrible. Here? Oh, I was gonna say terrible match. Up next. Okay. <laughs> Jade was... Cargill picks up the victory over Ty of Valkyrie to retain the TBS Championship, as I think we could have predicted. Yes. This match, though, was just not good. I listen. And the have you ending. In, have, have you stepped in a ring once before? I don't care Ever. about that. I'm a fan I watching know. on TV. This was garbage. This that was not d- a good match. The I, ending was awful. I yeah, because she didn't. What they said she 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 didn't roll. She said she grabbed the tights. She didn't even grab tights. She just grabbed her by the the bottom. I think they made a veteran look like. An and idiot I don't, in that outcome. And I don't think yes, Jade is fifty six and zero here. You know, they, they hyped that up, but I think it just showed the greenness of Jade in this match. 
because I think there was a couple spots in there where like trying to get her up and move her around and stuff like that where she just couldn't do it because she was too gassed. And also, Ty is pretty stiff. Like you some of those forearm shots that she was getting, like maybe this like it just the chemistry wasn't there, but I can agree with you that match didn't live up to my expectations of what this match could because we've seen Jade have some very good matches here, but I think it just kind of showed the greenness and how Jade Cargill is still a very young wrestler in this business compared to someone like Taya, who has been all over the world. I think she's like 13 years in. and 13 years in Canada. She's been to Mexico, a champion in Impact, in AAA. So it's just like... And then afterwards, you were probably sitting there really hoping that Taya was given Aubrey the, the road well, to Valhalla. Hold on. Before that even, I think this outcome should have just been Layla Gray attacking Taya. Like, take out Sanjay Dutt's interference in that match earlier. Take out Ty Mello and MJF's interference in that match. Just have Layla Gray here do something to Taya to cost Taya Valkyrie that match. Do you think when she when she was thinking about getting her on the road to Valhalla, uh, what's her, uh, what was Aubrey. her name again? No, Aubrey's like, don't do it, don't do it. And then you have uh, Layla Gray just come in and just give her forearm from behind. Yes, that would have been perfect. Okay, that I can that I can agree with. But um, afterwards, but, uh, you know what? Taya, also, also, Taya beats up everyone. Yeah, she beat up Layla Gray. She beat up Mark Sterling, and then went pants. to hit that, like you said, road to Valhalla on Aubrey. I don't know if that's going to lead to some sort of penalty, just, uh, Brandon suspension. Is sit- Brandon or... sitting at the edge of a seat. Do it. Do it. No, it just <laughs> doesn't like... make sense. She's a face. It made, made no sense. But the fact that. You know, she lost this match. She was she was angry. She was upset. You know, she, it could have been like Aubrey was distracting her. You know that that could have been a bit a big component there. Aubrey's like, don't do. Audrey, Aubrey's like, don't do it. You don't want to do it, and that caused her to get distracted and Jade to get the roll up for the win. Also, too, Taya's gear is really not apt to grab the tights. That's a, Especially- a back and forth moment on Twitter that Mark had with, I think Johnny Drip Drip. Because Mark split his pants in that segment, so he's, I, know, I, said I guess that like a guess he's ago. suing or billing Taya, billing them a thousand dollars. And something I think John Morrison said something like, "Oh well, it's not my fault that my wife has like ergonomical tights or something like that." I it's yeah, it's it's one piece. It's not like she can like there's a waistband there that Jade could have ripped. What is she gonna get those holes in like the outside of her thighs and pull those? Like no, it didn't. The end, I can agree with you. The ending to this match didn't look good. Um, uh, it looks like from, you know, social media segments and stuff like that, this feud will continue. So I'm hoping. Well, I think the outcome, like we said the other week, is probably Taya getting the championship at double or nothing. I'm, I'm hoping for that. You know, you know, there was reports a very long time ago saying when Chris Gadlander came back, she was going to want to take it off Jade Cargill. But like, I think, you know, I think it's time. I think it's time for her to take this title off. You know, she's had 56 matches, you know, and it's not like she's – I'm repeating myself here. But anyway, let's just continue on. We I said RJ – we got to talk about RJ City and how I am now officially boycotting everything the Blackpool Combat Club stands for <laughs> and does as there is a – RJ City was hyping up this main event match and the BCC comes out, blindsides RJ City – and Moxley gets the microphone and says, we have some scars here to leave tonight. On the episode of Hey EW, David Which Arquette one? says, hey, Tony, 
RJ City's a wrestler. Oh my god. Imagine next week we get Mox versus RJ City. I could picture no! that. Given this company, yes, I could picture that. Uh, given this company, what a what, yeah. uh, what a statement. Yeah, anyway, 100%. main event time. This brand new super team, Kenny Omega and Konosuke Takeshka, pick up the victory over the Butcher and the Blade. Yeah, Brian Danielson on commentary here. Outcome, predictable match. I enjoyed. Uh, I don't figure... think it's the main event match, but... What do you think would have been a main event match out of this entire AW? Out of this card, it was Sammy and, <laughs> and Darby Allen, probably. But, like, you had, like, especially with the backstage segments and the stuff only like thing, that, you I had understand to let the only re- reason why this was the main event was the outcome of this. Yes. Which, you had which... Brian Danielson on commentary, but... The match, it was just super random. They like, oh, by the way, Butcher and Blade take it over um, Omega and Takeshita. It's like that, what? Why? In the main event, why? What do you mean, why? It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't belong in the main event. Nothing led to this to make this the main event. There was a a promo on Rampage that, that, well, the promo on Rampage, it set up this match. But again, who's, who's a bigger star? In AEW, it's Kenny Omega. Oh, but the right? four pillars are supposed to be the bigger stars. I've said it. I said it last week. I don't think the four pillar story is. No, it's being event. built up Sunday Night Heat esque. No, it's on Wednesday, so nothing with Sundays allowed there. So anyway, but like the bigger story was, you know, and and the good send off on the way home, and uh, was the post match stuff, where the BCC comes out, the Bucks come out. There's just anarchy. Shakedown, the BCC nail Takeshka with the screwdriver. Brian, though, he puts over. He first of all, he talks trash to Kenny Omega, but he puts Takeshita over. Of course, he did. And then the Blackpool he... Combat Club came out and attacked them from behind. But the Bucks come out, they make that save, and Brian Danielson is still sitting, standing there. Stop him! Stop them but... from doing what we did, or whatever, basically. And Takeshita gets in the ring and stops Kenny Omega. He listens to Brian Danielson. And that, man, that leads to the Blackpool Combat Club to get the upper hand. Brian tries to get him to join. And he didn't. And that's when everything fell apart for Takeshita. He he's ended got, up with that screwdriver. He's got a lot of emotions going on here. So it happens. Um, but yeah, but again, like now, like the super tag team. Is not really a super tag team because he, he's got the screwdriver to the head. So now it's just it's. Boiling up this feud between the BCC and the uh, the elite here. I think so, at the the outcome of this, I think we'll see at double or nothing be that the the person pulling the strings right now behind Blackpool Combat Club is Don Callis. You think so? I think that's when we'll see it. If if it's any time before that, it makes no sense. If it's at the the pay per view, that's where you want it. But that, yeah, that's a that's a bigger payoff there. Um. But yeah, so, My God, then, Don, you knew me since I was a child. How could you do this to me? That's it. All right, robot, robot Kenny Omega voice. That's literally a Kenny Omega promo. Yeah, I know. Well, that's a, 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 a Northern America Kenny Omega promo. He's got a lot more uh, pizzazz and heart in his voice when he's in Japan. Um, so, yeah, that's it. That was AEW Rampage. We got a 530. I mean, that was Dynamite. We have an AEW Rampage at 5.30 today, I'll probably watch it tomorrow. And then next week, AEW Dynamite is in Baltimore, Maryland. So Should we even mention that uh, 
CM Punk went to Monday Night Raw. <laughs> oh, I thought you guys would have mentioned that already. I don't already. think we did. I don't remember if we did or not. I don't think we well, did. Well, yes, apparently CM Punk uh, was in Monday Night Raw, hanging out with people, talking to Miz, shaking hands. A bit, what, the, what, the, what the credible news sheet reports sites are saying is that CM Punk was on a flight home from Florida with a bunch of WWE talent. Because um, he was just doing commentary for that MMA thing. Yeah, apparently he didn't know that Raw was in Chicago. So we went, saw a bunch of people, apparently talked to Triple H, uh, was seen in the parking lot, uh, apparently squashed his beef with The Miz, and then he was asked to leave. So, whatever. It's wrestling. Everything's 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 a work to us, pal. I also found out that allegedly the the friendship between CM Punk and and Cole Cabana started to disintegrate over pizza. What? Because Cole Cabana, when they were being sued by WWE or whatever, or countersued, I guess, or no, sued because they were the first ones. It was yes. um, Cole Cabana went out for pizza with. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Neville. Okay. And Punk was like, how dare you? We're being sued by the enemy. You shouldn't be hanging out with anybody by WWE, with WWE or whatever. And that apparently is what started their relationship to crumble. And now well, they I got be on the same show. I got heat with Cole Cabana, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. This guy is a Chicago legend. And he's over here on social media wearing a Brewers jersey. How dare you! And then, and then yesterday, uh, Fandango posting pictures. He's like, "Up, oh, great time with Cole Cabana at Wrigley Field." I'm like, "How dare you, cult? Ew, gross." Um. So yeah, if I uh, if I ever meet him, we'd be like, "How dare you wear a Brewers jersey? Your finisher was called the Colt 45. You had the Billy Goats curse." Um. But yeah, so. Yeah, so Punk was at uh, WWE. I hope Everything. I'm just, I don't want him back. But like, I don't like why. <laughs> Listen, like, I know all in London's coming, and I which, know... by the way, the next weekend is apparently all out after that. Yeah, so maybe they have stuff. That at is all ridiculous. In but you know what? They're gonna sell that all out. I'm hoping that they do very good numbers at all in because it's uh, it's AEW's first. Uh, over the pond show, and then there's probably a bunch of thirsty AEW fans across the pond and in neighboring countries that will definitely take the trip, as like people do for WrestleMania here. Do you think they need Goldberg? No, absolutely not. Do not need Goldberg. Um, but I'm pumped you know, for for him to be there. He's not going to be there. Uh, what do you Why mean? would he be there? Of course, Goldberg. How do you not book Goldberg? He's a free agent. At the biggest show you ever do, how do you not book Bill Goldberg? Yeah. <laughs> You're blowing my mind right now. Just like when yeah, Dave let AEW my... fans deal with what we had to deal with. In WWE. <laughs> yeah, no, no, absolutely not, dude. I, I still even like even though Goldberg can't really wrestle anymore, or to begin with, or whatever. I I still think that if you have the ability to book a huge name like Goldberg, you do it. No, because I think they want to book like Will Osprey and bigger like... than Goldberg. Yeah, I know he's not bigger than Goldberg. There's no name work. you'll say that's bigger than Goldberg. Goldberg is the I, hottest free agent right now. I don't even have a match of the week. I'm just ending the show right now. This brand is hurting my brain. <laughs> they're, that's they're, it. They're, who's a bigger name than Goldberg that you can get for all in? <sighs> You're hurting my brain. I'm done. There all isn't. Right. Shameless plugs. I mean, whatever. I, I can't. My brain hurts. Brandon, what are you shouting out? 
No, can't. This is Yoda, and listening to Brandon's shout-outs, you are. Barry gets the first shout-out, because it's back for one more season on HBO. I think Bill Hader is truly phenomenal. Are you aware of this program? I saw, um, I think I saw one episode. I think I saw one episode, and I just never got a chance to keep on going with it. If you're unfamiliar with the show, he plays a hitman, but there's like so much more to it than that. Henry Winkler's on the show and he's fantastic. I really don't want to say much more because it's like mm-hmm. it, you should watch the whole series if you if you've never seen it. I feel like I want to watch Success Succession and then go over to Barry. It's probably not even close to being the same thing. <laughs> and Succession is still going, isn't it? Uh, yeah. So Barry is... I think this is the final season. Oh. But there's comedy, there's drama, suspense. It's on HBO. You could check it out on HBO Max, so watch it. And next up, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Once and Always is getting a shout-out. It's on Netflix. I think it's cool to see a bunch of the cast members playing the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers that I grew up watching. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think it was definitely on par with how the show used to be with in terms of acting and effects. So it doesn't really hold up as if I was like watching it as an adult for the first time. Mm-hmm. I think the 2017 movie did much better than, than this. But uh-huh. for nostalgia's sake, I think it holds up. Even though... Uh, Jason David Frank, Amy Jo Johnson, and Austin St. John weren't in it. Were there any references to them? I was in the middle of a sentence, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think the way that they handled that was still really well done. And I like what they did with Trini. So if you have Netflix, if you grew up a Power Rangers fan, I'd say check it out. Um, just know that it's Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and not a cinematic masterpiece, I guess. (laughs) After that, my last shout out is going to Harry Belafonte, who unfortunately passed away this week at the age of 96. He broke barriers for a lot of black performers in the fifties as a singer, as an actor. He would later go on to become a civil rights activist. Then he's, uh, he was side by side with Martin Luther King Jr. Many times. Yeah. And he brought, Calypso music and that style of Caribbean music to the United States. And he had yeah, hits I mean, like you... Deo, the banana boat song. He had mm-hmm. jump the jump in the line, shake Senora, And it's like, both of those were included in Beetlejuice. And I feel like that might Let's... be the first time I knew of his music. At least I feel like that's the same. I agree with you. I feel like that's um, unless I heard it like at my grandparents' house, I feel like the most, um, the most standout-ish time of me hearing a uh, Banana Boat song and stuff is Beetlejuice. If not Beetlejuice, then maybe a rerun of The Muppet Show. I mean, and you know, I mean, they played Deo Banana Song at, at Banana Boat song at every, almost every uh, athletic event, too. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Bar Mitzvah. I was like, I don't remember that. I- no, but at the sports events with the day, oh, yeah. and then the crowd responds to it. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah. Uh, 
he also he had other hits like Jamaica Farewell, Island in the Sun, and Matilda. He was inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as an early influencer last year, which I think is crazy because it feels like I feel like he should have been inducted a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And I never got to see him perform. He basically stopped touring and performing live in like 2003. So I think that's unfortunate that I never got to see him perform. But go out, listen to Harry Belafonte this weekend. Mm. Those are my shout outs. Now it's time for Right, our mark out moment of the week. I know you marked out big time today. Watching the price yeah, I of did. Right. I... <laughs> yes, yes. So on the prices, right? There was a uh, a lucky contestant, and his name was Max Friedman. Uh, potentially middle name with a J, but it wasn't the MJF. But another. Wait, wait, uh, wait, wait. Did you happen to see MJF, that company that he was eating pickles from at that press junket is now selling exclusive MJF pickles? I did see, I didn't click into it, but I did see him on the logo, on the uh, wrapper of it. Do you want to guess how much a jar is with shipping? $225. That's a stupid guess, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm going to guess that it's less. I'll go with $42. $350. Well, why no, did you make me kidding. feel like... I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, it's $37.75 for one jar or $82.75 for the bundle. And I think that is a ridiculous price. No offense to Kalen, Kalen, whatever their name is. Wow. That is an absurd price for a pack of pickles. And people are going to buy it. Brother, you can go to the local delicatessen and get all-you-can-eat pickles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. That's insane. That's insane. But what was your other but, markout moment? So my other markout moment actually came from uh, Let's Make a Deal. Oh, big game show. So on Let's Make it. Yeah, right. So on Let's Make a Deal, Wayne Brady brought up his contestants, and one of the contestants was the father of Nia Jax. It was Joseph. Uh, Joseph. Fanine, Peter Maivia's uh, cousin, first cousin of Peter Maivia. So, and ready for this one, the prize that he was going after, it just so ends up. I don't know how they didn't script it. It was the retro arcade video game with with, uh, Cardona and Myers and all of them. (laughs) I, yeah. (laughs) So they pulled... So they're showing this arcade game with like Brian Myers and Matt Cardona like on did the Did you take arcade. a picture of this at all or no? I did. I did. Did you tweet it? No, not yet. I haven't my day hasn't stopped. <laughs> but it had like Cardona, Myers and everybody on the actual old school arcade, the retro arcade wrestling game. And it just so ends up that uh Joe was going after this arcade game of pro wrestling with him having the pro wrestling background that's funny so yeah i definitely i marked out for that uh on bob's burgers this week there was a whole episode about pro wrestling 
Really? Beyond unrealistic, but I think it's always nice to see wrestling in pop culture. Yeah. And at one point, Gene used the term big strong boy to hype up Bob. Uh, and I don't know if that's a Tyler Bate reference or not, but I'd like to think it was. <laughs> so you could check, probably check that episode out, episode out on Hulu. Uh, I also marked out over, I mean, well, first of all, Mercedes Monet lost to Mayu Iwatani this week, but which I think is a terrible reign for that championship. Yeah. I think I mean, nobody's had a good IWGP women's championship reign that was good yet, which and, sucks. And heading into it with her playing the, uh, I hate that the guitar. guitar the guitar songs and it, it was just not hitting it, me. It's it should, it's the Spider-Man theme song. Yeah, but it was just totally falling flat. Um, I get where she's coming from with it and everything, but for some, like I, I, someone that's not going over there, watching the, the wrestling over there, it's not, it's not hitting with me. Yeah. But I did pop at the gear that she wore. It was black tiger two based on Eddie Guerrero. If you're unfamiliar with black tiger two, uh, Lindsay Dorado made the mask for her. I think that's pretty awesome. That's cool. Uh, also, it's not really a mark out moment, but I watched Quasi this weekend on uh, Hulu. It's the new Broken Lizard movie. Uh huh. And it's based on The Hunchback of Notre Dame. And if you like the movies, like the other Broken Lizard movies, like Super Troopers, Club Dread, Beer Fest, I think you'll enjoy this one but also i enjoyed the fact that the 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 cast members from tacoma fd are now like part of that broken lizard universe that they're included in this but after watching this movie i really really want a broken lizard movie about the wrestling territories that'd be cool because i think they would be able to make it like super funny i don't know if they would necessarily be playing in my head i'm split like because part of me wants to see Kevin playing Andre the Giant. <laughs> but, like, also, I, I feel like they could get away with not having actual wrestlers in it, like names and stuff. Uh huh. So, it's just something that I think would be cool to watch. Mm. So, but those are the markout moments of the oh, week. You have I'm going to add one. Go ahead. In class the other day, well, the other week, in class there was a student, and for everybody knows that I'm a pro wrestling fan, and they know that we do the podcast together and everything like that. So everybody's at, like starting to name drop like Usi, like is everybody feeling Usi and this and that, and tossing up like some some people would like toss up the the finger in the air. For being the ones. And then there was actually a student who was going by the name Roman. And he tossed up the number, the finger in the air in the chat on Zoom. And somebody responded to him saying, I acknowledge you. And I totally pop for that. I totally pop for that. Wrestling fans here? Yeah, some of them were pro wrestling fans. And I'm pretty positive some of them were just going along with it because they thought thought it was really funny. But I always love. being able to relate to other wrestling fans, especially in a teaching setting like that. So I definitely marked out for that. Yeah. So that's episode 638. Thank you so much for checking this episode out. Remember to 
Listen to every episode, MarkingOut.com, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, and other applications. You can follow us on Twitter at MarkingOut, at BTTG161 on Instagram as well for that. Chris Sweendog, CM Sweeney85 on Instagram, David PTDPT on both, MarkingOut11 on Instagram, and YouTube, ProWrestlingTees.com slash MarkingOut, Facebook.com slash MarkingOut, at MarkingOut on TikTok, and we wish you, we wish you, the, the, best, best of luck, luck in your future, future endeavors. endeavors.